Father, we do just lift up this time. I ask, Lord, that you would work in lives today. Lord, we all want to hear you. God, we all want to grow in our understanding of you. And there are some here today who need to meet you. And we pray right now that you would work in every single heart in here. And God, that lives would be changed forever. Just like we're going to watch a couple guys and their lives are changed. So I do pray you would bless this time and be glorified in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, as we're, as we're kind of looking at this, I guess I got to ask a question. Number one, what keeps you from following Jesus? For those who do not have a relationship with, what is the thing that keeps you from following Jesus? Oftentimes we'll say, well, I had this experience or this happened to me or for this reason. And then on the other side, those who are following Jesus, what keeps you following Jesus? And oftentimes we hear the same thing. Well, today we're going to find out it's got to go beyond experience. It's got to go beyond what's happened to us, and it's got to get deeper than that. So, so far in the, in, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus says, hung on the cross, he's shouted, it is finished. A couple guys have brought him down. They buried him. They put him in a tomb, and uh, then he disappeared. A couple of the ladies went to the tomb, and now they've come back. They've said that he's not there. And then we have these two guys who are desperately wanting Jesus to be the Messiah. They desperately needed something in their lives that they could count on and that could really change them. And the Jesus that they saw failed them. Now, here's what's amazing. These guys are depressed. They're full of despair. They have no hope. And we're going to watch their journey, how they leave that time of despair and find hope. And that's what it's about for every single one of us here today. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we have hope. And we have, listen, we have a reason. So that's what's going on. So let's pick it up here in verse 13. It says, now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. So something I just want to call our attention to here just for a minute. The Bible's not a book of fairy tales. It's not something that happened a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It happened here. And they give, listen, they give places, they give dates, they give time frames, because it's a real event that's happening. So these two people... I think it's two gentlemen. It might be a guy and his wife. I don't know. We're not sure. But listen, they're leaving Jerusalem and they're bummed. They can't believe what just happened. The one that they were counting on, the one they put their hope in, is not there anymore. So it tells us, verse 14, and as they talked together of all these things which had happened, so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation uh, is this that, uh, that you have with one another as you're walking along? Here's what, here's, what, here's what I love. Like they're walking along, Jesus shows up and he hangs with them. 
And for whatever reason and however it happened, they were blocked from recognizing it was Jesus. And so they're cruising along and they're upset, right? Don't you get that? Their their conversation wasn't one of encouragement, strengthening, let's go, let's see. Their conversation probably went like, I can't believe we were duped for three years. I can't believe this stuff happened to us. Now we have no hope. And again, like today, a lot of things were wrong with the world. We got a lot of things wrong in our world too, don't we? And you think of all that. What is going to bring you hope in that? So then they're, they're, they're being negative. And Jesus comes alongside and says, what are you guys talking about? What's going I love that, don't you? He's like, listen, and that's the way our Lord does. He draws us in. And he doesn't, listen, he doesn't like put up barriers. He draws us in. What kind of conversation are you having? Oh, by the way, they were talking about him also. Right? So, so then it tells us, verse 18, the one whose name was Cleopas. So now we know one of their names. We we're not going to know the other person's name. So Cleopas, a lot of people talk about which, you know, is this this guy, is this this person? We don't know. Here's what I believe. I believe Luke had a personal relationship with this guy because we're getting eyewitness accounts of what went on. So I think Luke and Cleopas had some conversation. So that's kind of, uh, uh, you know, beside the point. So the one who's uh, uh, the... The one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? So, listen, he's dumbfounded that anybody would ask what was going on. Right? Everybody, listen, everybody knew. Everybody, it was all over Facebook. It was on Twitter. It was on Instagram. TikToks were being made. It was everywhere. Everybody knew. And he goes, I can't believe I can't believe that you're the only one here who doesn't know. Now, once again, don't you find this kind of comical? This is Jesus, right? This is the one it happened to. And he's going, are you the only one? And then he says this in verse 19. And then, he, and then Jesus said to them, what things? Now, I kind of like that, right? Are you the only one that haven't heard of these things? And Jesus goes, uh, what things? Now, do you think he's dumb to it? No, he's one. Listen, Jesus wants them to get real. Jesus wants us to be real with him. Hey, if you have doubts today, it's okay. Tell him. Tell him you have doubts. Hey, I've read the rest of this story. He's not going to push you away. If you have doubts, he's going to draw you in. So be honest. Here's what Jesus is saying. You two guys, be honest with me. What are you really feeling? What is real? What things... Is it that are bothering you the most? So they lay it out for him, right? They tell him, they said to him, uh, the, the things concerning, listen, Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and the people. So they're being very specific, right? This is who we're talking about in case you didn't know Jesus. In case you're having an identity crisis. And then verse 20, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. So here's what there's, so you understand what was going on. They had the wrong picture of the Messiah, they had a wrong picture of him, and they're letting this, quote, stranger know, here's our problem. Here's what's happening to us. 
And they can't, listen, they can't put it together. And they're saying, we don't understand. We thought he was going to be the one to deliver us, but he just died. He died, and we saw that. We were part of that. Oh, and then, and then check this out. Then it says this in the middle of verse 21. Indeed, besides this, today is the third day since these things happened. And yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early uh, astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he's alive. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm thinking, man, you guys, the whole point of the women coming was to encourage them, right? And let them know. And these guys, listen, these guys are so resourceful in being hurt and depressed. Have you noticed how depressed people get real resourceful and staying that way? And they hang on to it. And, and hey, if you've been depressed, you've probably been resourceful. You understand that. And they're like looking for everything wrong and nothing right. And even the right things are wrong. And so that's what they're telling him. Hey, look at what's happening. And again, you kind of you feel for them. But do you notice they said third day? Jesus told them multiple times that he would rise on the third day, right? In Luke 9, Mark 9, John chapter 2, we'll look at some others later on. He didn't, listen, it wasn't that he never let them know. And so again, they say it out loud, it's the third day. Don't you, don't you wish they would have gone, huh, third day? Seems to me he said something about that. Maybe we should, maybe we should believe these ladies, right? So... They lay all that out, and then it says in verse 24, and certain of those who were with us went to the tomb, found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So hey, these guys are just saying, even our guys went, the tomb was empty, and they didn't believe he had risen. So much for all the theories, right? A lot of us have read and heard the theories, the swoon theory, the hallucination theory. How do you get... 11 guys to have the same exact hallucination without acid <laughs> and all of them believe it, right? So all of those theories, I, they just get thrown out the window because, hey, none of them expected Jesus to rise from the dead. I hope we understand that. Not one of the disciples expected to see him again. And these guys aren't apostles, but they were there, and they don't expect to see him. So they laid everything out clearly, and don't you love what Jesus says to them? Then he said to them, oh, foolish ones. Now listen, this isn't like, oh, you idiots. This is more of a caring father. Oh, you poor guys. You're not understanding what's going on, right? So I, I want us to get that. He says, oh, foolish ones of slow of heart to believe in all that the gospels have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and entered into his glory? So they're, listen, they're saying, shouldn't have this happened? And again, you can read in, in uh, chapter 9, in this volume, chapter 9, chapter 13, chapter 17, chapter 22. Always, listen, Jesus pointed this out that this was going to happen. And shouldn't have this happened? Wasn't it written about? Didn't you know? And then here's the one I love, verse 27. And being 
and beginning with that Moses and all of the prophets, he expounded to them in all of the scripture the things concerning himself. What a Bible study. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be like the greatest? Like just walking along and have Jesus say, yeah, remember, remember in Genesis chapter 3 where it talked about the seed of the woman and that the seed of the woman would be struck on the hill, but he would crush his serpents the head? Or what about, what about later on in, in Genesis when it talked about Abraham offering his only son and he's up on the mountain and he says, but God himself will provide. What about Exodus and the blood on the doorpost? Can you hear this, this Bible study with Jesus and his just going and going? What about Isaiah 50, Isaiah 52, Isaiah 53? What about, what about Daniel and the 483 years? And he's just like laying this whole thing. You get a whole long Bible study with Jesus. And man, that had to be amazing. Man, you would want the trip to be a little bit longer, right? We don't need to stop. Oh, and then... It tells us in verse 28, then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone a little further. But they constrained him, saying, abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Hey, they asked him into their house. Pay attention to that. They said, come on, stay with us. And then... This part is this part's amazing. In verse 30, now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Now, a lot of us just read that casually, and maybe we don't know the culture. But in that culture, the host, the one hosting the people would be the one who breaks the bread, not the guest. Have you noticed how the table's turned? Come in and eat with us. And Jesus is saying, oh, I'm going to feed you something. You have no idea what you're about to get. And so he takes the bread. He breaks the bread. He passes out. Now, I don't think this is a, a precursor to, you know, communion. So I think it's just, it's just Jesus revealing he's still in charge. And he's risen. So he breaks the bread and he gives them a piece of bread. And then it says, the, uh, verse 31, then their eyes were opened and they knew him. Woo! And don't you think they're a little bit excited? Like some of you today. Some of you are like overly excited. Some are a little bit. Uh, it'll change. It'll get contagious. But man, listen, these guys, he revealed himself. Oh, and then this is like the greatest part, right? He reveals himself and, and uh, he showed himself to them. And then look at the middle of verse 31. And he vanished from their sight. <laughs> that had to be so weird. I, I'm thinking it's worded in such a way that he just, <clears throat> like, Cleopas, where did he go? Maybe he's under the table. I don't know where he went. He was just here. And then listen to what they say because this is important for every single one of us. Verse 32, and they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened up the scriptures to us? Walking on the road with Jesus did not change these guys. 
What changed them? The scriptures. They went from despair to hope, not just because they had an experience. They went from despair to hope because they found truth. And they put their faith in that truth. And Jesus revealed truth to them. And now they're realizing, didn't, didn't our hearts change when he opened up the scriptures and he gave us the scriptures? And suddenly we understood what this whole thing is all about. And that's what happened to them. And I think it's important that we understand that. Now, I, I want to keep going, but I also want us to recognize something. Think about this. What would have happened if they never would have invited him into their house? They'd have stayed in despair. But because they asked Jesus to come in, Jesus met them there and changed their lives forever. That's, listen, it gets better. So verse 33, so they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. That's kind of weird, right? You just walked seven miles to Emmaus and then it's like, woo, let's go back to Jerusalem. Now you're walking seven miles back. I don't know, but that's like 14 miles in one evening. It's a lot of walking, isn't it? So, hey, they head back to, no telling what time they got back. And so they got back, they rose up, and again, verse 33, they rose up that very hour, returned to Jerusalem, and found the 11 and those who were with them, and they gathered, and, and with them gathered together. And they were saying, the Lord is risen indeed. He's appeared to Simon. So here's, woo, yeah, listen, Peter's there going, he is risen. And these two guys walk in and go, we know. <laughs> you guys are just finding this out. We found it out seven miles ago. <laughs> right? We know. It, it, they, and then they shared theirs, right? It says in verse 35, and they told uh, about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them and breaking bread. Now, as these things, and now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened. Does that tell you something? Even after seeing him, he shows up and they're still, they're still freaking out. These weren't people looking to make up a story about a resurrection. These are people, they're terrified. Jesus shows up and they're absolutely paranoid. And they're like, <laughs> right? Not from joy, from fear. They're scared of what's happening. And it, so that implies to us, he didn't like knock on the door. Can I come in? He was like, poof, and he's there. That would be terrifying, right? That'd be a little bit unsettling. And listen, it says, it says, and they thought he was a spirit. Verse 38, so Jesus said to them, are, why are you troubled? I love it. Listen, he doesn't like chew them out. He doesn't do, he doesn't do all the things sometimes people expect God to do. Here's what he says. What's wrong, guys? It's me. Listen, it's me. And why do you, why do doubts arise in your hearts? Verse 39, behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. He's going to touch me, grab me, get a hold of me. You need to know it's really me. I am here in the flesh. Jesus Christ rose in the flesh bodily. 
And now he's proving it, and he's showing them, and he's telling them to touch him. Why? Because they're still paranoid. And he lays all that out to them. And then it says, verse 49, when he had said these things, he showed them his hands and his feet. Again, I think maybe showing the scars. And in verse 41, while they still did not believe, really, it's like some of us, huh? I don't want to believe. While they still did not believe for joy, these guys were joy, and marveled, he said to them, hey, you guys got any food? <laughs> That's my Jesus, right? Even in his resurrected form, he wants to eat. Yes. Hey, you guys got any food? I love that. I love them, and it's so cool. And then, listen, they said, and they gave him a piece of uh, a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. That sounds pretty good. And then he took it and ate it in their presence. And then the chapter goes on and tells us he once again opened up the scriptures to them and began to teach them all that the prophets. And all that the, 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 the Psalms had said about him. And he opens it up and he lets them know, I'm risen. But just because you see me, you don't have to believe. Look at the word. And the word will substantiate your experience. Your experience does not substantiate the word. The word will substantiate your sin. He says, go through the word, and here I am. So why is it so important, this idea that Jesus rose from the dead? Why is that so important? Well, first of all, it shows that his complete victory over sin. Jesus conquered sin and death. That's the first thing. The second thing is that promises us a resurrection for those who know him and forgiveness of our sins. And then I think the third thing, and maybe perhaps one of the greatest, is it proves that that sacrifice on the cross that day was completely accepted by God the Father because he rose the son from the, he rose his son from the dead. And now we get to be forgiven and we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, not just because it's a great miracle, not just because it's something to talk about, but number one, because our salvation depends on it. And number two, we get this relationship with him. And number three, it really happened. It really took place. And we need to know that. So maybe you've got some despair today. Why don't you move from despair to hope? and trust him. Why don't you invite him in? Hey, these guys invited him in. Why don't you take that opportunity today to make that change? Listen, we have a lot of reason to be in despair. Our world is messed up. Our world's messed up politically. Our world's messed up morally. All kinds of things are messed up. And it's not just the United States. It's worldwide. You're not going to find hope in any of those things. The only place you're going to find hope is in Jesus Christ and his word. So let's trust him today. Let's stand up and pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for the challenge of your word. And just as we can see these men or 
maybe a couple, moving from that whole area of despair to hope, and God, it happened as you revealed yourself to them, but greater than that, as you revealed your word to them. And God, I, I just pray for every one of us in here. Oh, there are so many believers in here, I know. And we're excited. And we're rejoicing just like them. Our God is alive. We don't, we don't worship a dead God. We don't worship a distant God. We worship a God who's alive and close to us. And we thank you for that. But Lord, we also want to lift up right now those who don't know you. I pray that they would open themselves up to you right now, just like, just like these two did, that they would invite you in. And I know if they invite you in, you will come and spend life with them. So give them that hope today in the midst of their despair. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'm going to ask you to be seated. And I want to give an invitation this morning. And here's what I'm going to ask. Please don't get up and leave, but stay in your seats. Because I think this is like the most important thing we're doing here today. So stay, stay put. Don't get distracted with things going on. And if you are here today and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we want to give you that opportunity. We want to open up a way for you. And so there's some people who just came up. They're going to meet you. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you want a relationship with Jesus, if you want your sins forgiven and you want to invite him into your life, then I'm going to ask you when we do this last song to get up out of your chair and come up here and join us and say yes to Jesus. If you're backslidden today, I want to invite you to come home. Come back to Jesus, man. Just get up. I know sometimes that's harder, but just get up and get out of your seat and come up here, and we'll greet you up here. After we're up here, when we're all together, then I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and it's a simple prayer. You're going to let God know. We're going to do what these guys did. You're going to be honest with him, and you're going to let him know that you're a sinner. And then you're going to ask him to forgive your sins. And when you do that, Jesus is going to forgive your sins. Then you're going to invite him into your life and into your heart. And I promise you, he will meet you here today. So if you want to do that, when we start this song, just get up out of your chair, come forward, and uh, we'll, we'll do the prayer after the song is ended.
the Father, I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again. somebody's holding out out there. I think there's somebody that should come up 
and uh, you've just kind of been holding out because maybe you're afraid people are going to see you or judge you. And I just want to encourage you, don't, don't just stay in your seat because you're afraid of what people might think. If Jesus is calling you, then you know what? Invite him in today. Let's do that right now. Let's change right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the team to do one more course, and then you can still come forward. It's not too late. Squeeze on in. Let's just come up here. Let's be family. Yes. Amen. So, we do want to welcome you to the family. And we're blessed. We're blessed that you're making this commitment. And so, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And it's going to be a simple prayer. You're just going to get real with Jesus. And you're going to talk to him. So, I'm going to ask you to repeat it after me. And then when we're done, we're going to celebrate. Amen. All right? So just, say, just repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner. I'm sorry that I sinned against you. And right now I'm asking you to forgive me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your forgiveness. 
And now I want you to come into my heart and change me. I want you to come into my life and guide me. Jesus, I'm asking you to be my Lord and my Savior. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God bless you guys.